Good morning. This is Bat Soup Yum. Um, I'm honored to host this panel of uh, photography panel with three legendary uh, photographers, um, Drift, <clears throat> Priyanka Patel, and uh, Blessing Atas. I um, um, love to collect photography. I love to collect NFT photography. Um, I have a photography gallery and ohm set up dedicated to photography but no one on in the audience should take that to mean that um i'm an expert in photography um so i'm going to moderate this panel um and and i'm here today to learn as much as you all are um because uh just because again i own a bunch of photography doesn't mean i know exactly what i'm doing in collecting photography so i'm hopeful that these three <clears throat> Again, legendary photographers will help us understand better, A, better understand their art, what goes behind photography, and and um, I'm, okay, sorry, there was a technical difficulty, what goes behind their work, and how their lives might have changed through the, uh, and through NFTs. So, uh, quick intros, again, I'm Basip Yam, I'm a collector, but I'm also a part of the uh, 6529 team. I've been collecting in this space since, I don't know, 2020 or so. And um, again, a big, big fan of photography. So <clears throat> to start, um, let's just do quick intros, maybe take a couple minutes each of our guests. I want to remind everyone first that uh, if you have a question, go ahead and type it in the chat, or you can go onto Twitter and use hashtag NFT Q&A. And that will also send it to the uh, to the team at Unic, and they will uh, flag it for me. So um, again, please feel free to ask questions. I'm here to learn as much as you all are, and let's get started. Um, let's start with Priyanka, um, and let's do intros. Uh, you know, everybody can do, and rather than just doing the normal intro, I think I'd, what I'd love to hear, and I think the audience would appreciate, is what what was your artistic journey like before nfts and what has your artistic journey been like since nf since you've joined the space and since nfts um so priyanka hopefully you could hear all that and uh if you would like to kick things off please do and we have by the way the artists art will be displayed as they're giving intros just to give the audience a sense for the kind of work that they do yeah, uh, GM, everyone. Um, I would just like to thank uh, 6529 and the team at the university for inviting me. Um, this is a huge honor. Um, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm Priyanka Patel. Um, I'm a photographer and uh, the co-founder of a South Asian artist collective called The Burrow. Um, um, about my artistic journey, I first, as far as I can go back and remember like the first time I picked up a camera was sometime around when I was 16. I had this Sony Cybershot that my aunt gifted me and I was just using that to like take photos in and around my home uh, and just try to like perfect compositions. Um, that's where I started but um, when I went to college I started shooting more portraits of friends, uh, friends and family. Um, um, as a person, like I'm very shy, I'm introverted, and I did not like being in photos. So I was always the one volunteering to be the photographer whenever we had like a gathering or anything. So that's how my interest um, grew more than just like um, 
going around your home and taking pictures. Um, and then in 2010, my elder brother gifted me my first DSLR, um, which pretty much changed the course of uh, how I pursued photography, um, even though I was studying engineering in my undergrad and as a master's student. Um, uh, I went to grad school in LA and I, I took a part-time job as an assistant photographer there. And I wanted to keep, um, you know, like keep doing photography even though I was doing engineering. Um, and I wanted to explore more, um, uh, how do I say this? Like explore more, um, like I wanted to uh, shoot more than just uh, landscapes or portraits. So that's why I took up a job at the university for the school's newspaper which gave me an in to shoot events, which I ended up loving. Um, so after my graduation, I moved back home to India and I started doing wedding photography uh, back home, which pretty much like they started my career into photography um, because I had a lot of uh, friends and family like in connection back home. It was kind of sort of easier for me to like find shoots there and um, find people who really believed in me and loved my work and wanted to give me a chance when I just started out. Um, so that's where my journey started as a photographer, like professionally back in 2013. And since then, I've tried a lot of different kinds of photography, but I realized that the one that I enjoyed the most was where I was not told what I need to photograph. So like basically whatever I photographed when I was traveling, which was mainly landscapes and um, uh, city uh, cityscapes. Um, so that's what I try to do more of uh, starting in 2016. Like that's, I try to travel as much as possible and do all of that. Um, fast forward to 2020, um, already into the, um, so fast forward to 2020, um, like a month into the pandemic, I started posting a lot of my art on Twitter. And I somehow found this community of photographers and artists who were also on Twitter, which I had no idea about. And um, they're the ones who actually introduced me to NFTs later on in like October and November. And that's when I first heard about the technology. And I went to my brother and was like, hey, like there's this whole thing where people sell their art, like, um, I heard about Bach and Bebo for the first time uh, about uh, back in November 2020. And um, my brother kind of explained me uh, what all of it meant, like what NFTs are and what it means. Um, but I did not enter the space like and like make a wallet or like drop my first NFT until uh, Feb 2021, which is when I uh, dropped my Genesis from uh, uh, piece. Um, since then, I have, um, so that's almost two years now. So since then, I've, um, I've had an amazing uh, time meeting people all over the world. And um, um, last year, we, uh, that's how I, last year, uh, after meeting a lot of uh, um, photographers and artists, um, I decided to, we decided to actually uh, form a collective for South Asian artists in the space uh, called The Burrow. Um, and it's almost exactly a year since we, we launched the collective, uh, which is great. And um, I think uh, before NFTs, a lot of my photography was uh, client work. But since NFTs, I have had the 
like I, I think I'm lucky that I have the, I had the chance to choose what I could photograph and like uh, just travel more and uh, not pick on client shoots that I didn't really want to do, but I did it anyway just to just so that I can uh, you know like make enough money to be able to travel. Um, so NFTs has definitely changed that for me as an artist. Um, yeah, I think I don't know if I went too long. Sorry. No, not at all. Thank you, Priyanka. That was a really good intro. <clears throat> and we'll dive into more of those topics as we go along. Um, Drift, I was wondering if you could go next and, and again, give a brief intro and maybe talk a little bit about your life pre and post NFT. Yeah, absolutely. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you great. Awesome. Um, so before NFTs, um, I've been photographing for almost five years now. Um, I started in May of 2018 and at the time I hadn't been in the army for four years coming straight out of high school. And then I wouldn't be in the army for two more years after that to kind of set the scene. I had never been into anything artistic. Um, it was never really encouraged in my home growing up and, um, I joined the army after high school to kind of get out of the conditions that I was in, continue to sustain, uh, be self-sustainable, which I had been through some of my teenage years. And um, yeah, by the time that I picked up a camera in 2018, my life was changing completely. I, when I first joined the military, I thought I was gonna make it a career. You know, I thought that it would give me the opportunity to travel, to go to college, to see the world and also do something active, which I really enjoyed. Um, but I began to feel very displaced and, um, very uncomfortable, uh, coming into 2018 about my place in the military. I became a lot more conscious about my identity as a black man in America. And then in turn serving in the United States army, especially at the capacity and on the level that I was, um, began to feel very uncomfortable to me because I did not feel like I was serving a country that was necessarily looking out for my best interest or the interest of people that looked like me. So, um, and this was on top of me also going through some PTSD that year after losing a couple of my close soldiers um, to suicide who I was working with. And um, I didn't know that my life was getting ready to change so much, but um, 2018 was, was a year where I was completely restructuring as a human being. So I uh, picked up this camera in 2018 and I remember I had been moved out of special operations to a light infantry unit at Fort Polk, Louisiana, and it's the middle of nowhere, essentially. And I started driving like three hours to Houston, Texas to just shoot with this thing because I had nothing else to do. And in my personal life, things were kind of in shambles. I was in a lot of debt. I had a lot of things to work myself out of just from how I grew up and things I didn't know. And just coming to that point of adulthood where you have to own your childhood and your mistakes and you have to correct uh, some of those things and unlearn some of those things that you learned that weren't good and also grow consciously into your identity as a free adult now in the world. And so um, I 
went to a portrait meetup and stuff with other photographers. I didn't like it. Um, I just, it just wasn't for me. And then one night I woke up in the middle of the night and I drove to Houston because I, I had this dream. It just told me to go to Houston. And so I did it and I found this skyscraper that was under construction. I was about 50 stories tall. I just remember hopping the fence and going in and taking the steps all the way up to the top and sitting up there above the city of Houston um, and just being completely at peace, like immersed in the moment. Um, I took a few photos that were awful because I sucked back then, but I, um, I just found such a sense of peace and belonging. And especially at the time, because I was feeling so displaced, because I was feeling so uncomfortable with a life path that I was essentially stuck in um, contractually until 2022, um, had I not been retired in 2020. Um, finding a place of home and finding a place where I felt understood uh, meant everything to me. And I began to find that in my work. I would continue shooting. Um, I had picked up a couple extra jobs to like help pay off debt so then I could travel more. Basically everything in my life started becoming geared towards me pursuing this passion. And I had no idea really like what it would end up being. I just knew that this was where I felt at home. And I could tell that it was making me a better human being. Um, you know, this pursuit of urban exploring and uh, every single time I was going out and fulfilling this purpose, I felt like a more loving human being. I felt like a more, um, I felt like a more well-rounded human being. It began to infect all areas of my life and I was doing everything better, including my job at that time in the army. Well, I had been injured in the army for a couple of years, but I had just been nursing that injury and pushing through it. Uh, my right leg has some internal damage and is permanently swollen more than than like my left leg is. Um, I had deployed in 2016. They don't know if anything happened on deployment, if it was a result of that or if it was the result of, you know, what could be any number of other things, jumping out of airplanes or other courses that I did. But they decided in fall of 2019 that they were going to medically discharge me. Um, and then in uh, March of 2020, at the beginning of, pan of the pandemic, at the end of March, I uh, medically retired as a staff sergeant after uh, about six years in the army. And so at this point, I, I had wanted to pursue photography full time, so I knew that, and I had been asking for that, and you know the universe just kind of opened up and and gave me the opportunity, and so I got out and I just started traveling around the country in my little two thousand one Volvo and shooting everywhere I possibly could, climbing and you know, shooting underground and shooting bridges and skyscrapers. And, you know, I, I was like selling prints online for a couple hundred dollars at, at the most back then and just trying to fund it, uh, you know, however I could. I was involved on Twitter 
and Instagram um, with like a photography community. And I felt like, you know, like, okay, maybe this could be something, but I have no idea how, you know, um, especially because it was not like an art form that was accepted by the world. Um, but inside, I, I always felt like, you know, this is what's meant for me. And I just have to keep pursuing it, even if I'm pursuing it in the dark. So um, seven months later, I'd, I'd be back at my home city of Cincinnati for longer than a week for the first time in seven years. And I would go and uh, climb Great American Tower, um, the tallest building in Cincinnati. I had like recently shot the Red Stadium to and a few other Cincinnati skyscrapers. And um, that night, while I was up on the crown of the building shooting, uh, there would be a police response. They had seen me on a security camera um, on the top floor of the building, and I didn't know. Um, they sent a response. I had got done shooting on the crown and went and left the building, heading down the stairs. And like, unbeknownst to me, there was over 20 officers and like dogs in the building. And like, I, I heard people on different floors, but I just thought like, oh, let me get out of the building. I didn't realize it was such an extensive response. Um, so what happened after that was a, uh, a local detective um, in the Central Business District uh, identified me with the help of the FBI and Homeland Security, given my military background and special operations and some of the training I had gone through. Um, and it's debated if my race played a big part in it, but we do think so. Um, I was then a warrant was put out for my arrest, but it was put out for armed robbery. It wasn't put out for like trespassing, you know? Um, and I was neither armed or robbed anything, but I did not know this. So I was across country shooting, heading to Las Vegas, Nevada to do what was a big deal at the time, like my first product shoot, which would pay me, you know, a couple thousand dollars. And that was a ton of money to me at the time. Um, and I, was driving down I-40 West um, with my friend. Uh, she was driving, I was sitting in the passenger seat because I was not feeling well. We were outside Flagstaff, Arizona. The highway was stopped, cars were backed up. We see a helicopter. We think someone's getting medevaced out. They're not. Um, police start driving backwards down the highway armed with assault rifles. It just looks like something out of a movie, you know? I was running a fever and in and out of consciousness. So I was just sitting there asleep in the car. Well, I come to about 15 minutes later and the car is completely surrounded. Dogs, police officers, helicopter right overhead. And um, they call my name with a loudspeaker and they order me out of the car. You know, they tell me if I move verbatim, if you move, we will kill you. Um, Next thing I know, I'm face down on the concrete and then I'm, you know, being brought to my feet. I see a paper, you know, presented to me. My face is on the paper. I'm completely disillusioned as to what's going on. Well, I would be put in the cop car and told that I was being charged with armed robbery, that they were, that there was a nationwide warrant out for my arrest and then uh, sent to a jail in Arizona. I wasn't accepted at the jail sent to a hospital, 
um, because I was sick, spent five days there, chained to the hospital bed, called my dad. My dad called a lawyer. I got my lawyer in Cincinnati that stuck with me through the whole case. Um, to shorten the rest of it, I would spend two months in Arizona with no bond, um, be brought back to Cincinnati, Ohio, um, greet it there, and then have the detective go state to state to try to add on any charges possible with this narrative that I was, uh, you know, a secret armed robber that could be an enemy of the United States. And uh, it became very personal. Uh, I'd eventually have to fight through five state cases uh, after four months of being incarcerated, having my bond raised almost half a million dollars. I finally get out. Um, I'd be rearrested twice at gunpoint unarmed um, and would get into NFTs uh, at the end of April 2021 as a way to start paying legal bills and basically rebuild my life. I was at home with my dad and in, in his apartment at that time, sleeping on the floor because uh, he had a very small apartment, but we were making do. And, you know, I got out and I went and got a laptop and just started sharing my work on Twitter and stuff again and found the NFT space and thought like, this might be my ticket to being able to fight my way through this and not get completely swallowed by it. Um, I started selling pieces on foundation come June or July. I got on super rare and started selling some pieces in August of 2021. I released where my vans go. It sold out, uh, the first drop. And then the second drop sold out in, uh, September, we started to have really awesome secondary sales. And then I sold out the third drop in October of 2021. Um, and then since then, it's just been a really amazing journey. I was able to uh, pay my lawyers. I was able to make it be my case. In fact, my, my everything officially ended for me about three weeks ago. So after two years, I have no convictions. I, I uh, won all five of my cases and can now go back to, you know, creating my work and living my life without any fear you know or anything over my head so um yeah the story appeared in the new york times on june 6 2021 and and that helped raise a lot of public awareness about the case because until the public eye was really involved there was not a lot of help i could get to make sure that i had a fair legal chance at fighting um and that changed a lot when people actually were paying attention to what was happening. So I am very fortunate and lucky to be the point one of the point one percent that ever get a fighting chance at getting their voice heard outside of those walls. Um, and if it were not for that, I'm not sure that I would be talking right now. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. I put out first day out a year later after my uh release date so this past april april 9th 2022 i released an open edition and um it uh was able to do it on my own um smart contract through manifold and own site and give that 15 percent that would have gone to a platform 
back to the bail project in Cincinnati, Ohio, where um, it's been moving in a rotating fund and has freed 60 people and counting um, and helped them with post-release, uh, uh, helped them post-release, like get back on their feet and get to court and do what they have to do so that they're just not stuck in there because they were like, they were low income like I was. Um, and it's been an amazing journey. So there's so much more I want to do with my work and whatnot, but that's a little bit about me. Sorry to take so much time. No, I think uh, suffice to say two things. One, that is one of the <clears throat> more incredible stories, um, Web3 or otherwise. Um, and the second thing is congratulations on finally wrapping everything up. Um, really, truly, you, I'm glad you finally threw it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to dig in, like, you know, Priyanka's um, <clears throat> intro as well. We're going to dig into some of those topics. Um, blessing. I was wondering if you could give us an intro as well. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Um, Grateful for the opportunity as well. Um, my name is Blessing Atas. I am a phone photographer based in Abuja, Nigeria. Um, so it's a bit about my background. Um, back in high school, I used to paint. I think I was really good at, at it. I mean, I think I discovered I loved um, painting the first time I started drawing in primary school. So I took upon it in high school and I continued painting. Um, but at some point I stopped and it was something that just always been back in my head that something that in the future I may end up doing creating art. Um, I couldn't get back to it. Um, so my plan for the future was to probably go study arts in uni one day, but that did not happen. So along the line, um, I found photography through a friend of mine. So at some point, I, um, I started like hanging out with friends that were into photography. And I told a friend of mine that I was interested in um, taking pictures, if he could uh, teach me. And so I started following into photography events. Um, he would take me to, when he has like shoot, he'll take me. If, you have, if, there, if there are events for photography, he'll take me up as well. I'm also sorry, I'm being nervous, but yeah. <laughs> um so one of those days when i was with him at this event um there was this photographer that was hosting a photography events here in abuja and um while we were there the host of the event kept pulling me up and asking me questions about photography and at that time i had no idea or had any like thought about photography i just knew that was something i was interested in but like i had no clue what anything about photography is but he kept asking questions and there was one point he asked me if, if I, ha I have interest in photography and I said yes sir. maybe sometime I would like to you know um start and he was like okay and then in in the middle of that he just asked people in the crowd if there was someone that was interested in you know wanting to teach me photography and someone raised their hand up and so I was supposed to learn through that person. The person was supposed to be my teacher or something. But unfortunately for me, he got a job to be like a personal photographer for um, someone. And so he had to move. So I was left to like back to square one. So I went back to this um, person, the host of the event. And I told him that oh, I don't have money to buy a camera. I don't know how to start. And I don't know what to do. Um, the person was meant to teach me. 
had um, moved to somewhere else. And so he told me to start with what I have, which is my phone. And at that time I was using the Samsung S7 Edge. So I just started taking pictures with my phone. Still didn't know what kind of photography I wanted to do yet. So um, there was a time where um, they had this um, um, photo walk event and I was invited as well. So I followed all the photographers there. I was the only phone photographer. So I used my friend's um, iPhone 7 Plus while others were taking pictures with their with their phones, um, with the, their camera, sorry. And when we were done, so they started speaking about like different genres of photography, wedding events and all of those things. And in that moment, I just said, I, I think I know what I would like to do with my work. So I I think I, from childhood, I loved movies. I loved um, history, culture and all of those things. So it's what I try to incorporate in my work as the time goes. So I started, just started taking pictures. Um, and I think the year 20, 2019, 2020, it was, um, I was invited to a photography conference conference here in Abuja, um, in here in Nigeria, but in Lagos. So I had to tra um, travel to Lagos for the for the conference. And in the conference, there were um, like amazing photographers from around the world that came. And there was this lady there that really inspired me. I think to just actually start. So her, I can't remember her, her name is Bella Kaktok. So she's really um, she's really great with what she does. And I think from her I learned that you know you can do so much with so little so because like while she was like like trying to like tell us about how it worked she was just explaining how she was able to create with so little and so I picked that and when I got back home I would invite my friend over to my house I'll dress up and I just started taking random pictures um along the line I started showing um the host of the event and the person that was meant to teach me like oh look what I've done today what do you think and so they said like like just helping me out with like where to go and edit and what to do blah 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 so i started going on youtube as well and just studying how to edit photos i just understand myself more so yeah this was just a medium for me to start telling my story so in 2020 i took upon in myself to take more pictures and in that moment my phone got stolen so i didn't have a phone at that period of time um but I think the, the the beautiful thing about my story is just having people around me that believed in my work and I believe that I can do something with photography. So I had all these ideas and I would reach out to my friend and it's like, oh, I have this idea, but I don't know what to do. I don't have a phone. I don't have a camera. And I don't know what to do. And so she's like, oh, I'll model for you. We can, you can use my phone and, you know, we'll just do this thing. So I'll tell my friends and everyone will just get ready. Like my friends will come with their cars. Um, someone would give me their phone, they'll also model for me. So that was how I was able to create work in 2020. Um, and also, I think around 2020 as well, a friend of mine gave me his iPhone 7 Plus because he had gotten a new phone. And so I joined Clubhouse. And while I joined Clubhouse, I started going into photography rooms just to learn more because I was still very new to the whole thing. So I was in the room one time and then um, people fell in love with my work. And I think in that same room that there was a time when Mason came into the room and saw my work as well. He loved my work and, you know, he then reached out to um, people in Apple and then like showed them my work, like talked to them about my work and they were really impressed. So they sent me the iPhone 
12 pro just to appreciate the work that i do and yeah so over time i've just been it's just been an amazing opportunity for me like because i never imagined that i would go far with like just telling stories in my work and um i think around 2021 i started hearing about nfts but like i wasn't really interested in it because um i didn't see photography there it was more of digital arts and all of those things that wasn't really my field but i think along the line um a friend of mine who was already into nfts i started to speak to him about it and he onboarded me into nfts and well so far so good i'm still <laughs> i'm still like i don't know what the word to use like i'm still finding my way in the nft world but like so far so good so I think that's a bit of my story. I didn't go into a lot of details, but yeah, that's that's kind of my story. Blessing, blessing just as a quick uh, question, are you still an yeah. a iPhone photographer? Um, yeah, I'm still a, an iPhone photographer, but hopefully, I'm hoping to buy my camera this year if I can save up, because I want to get the Fuji um, Film X-T4. Um, so I drink camera. So hopefully this year I I get that. I don't know. But yeah, I'm still using my phone to take pictures. And I'm going to work on something um, coming Sunday. I might work on something with my phone as well. So yeah. Oh, great. Amazing. Great. Okay. <clears throat> Let's move on to our first topic. And in order to set the stage here, I'd like to throw out some statistics on photography that I think will be interesting for the audience to hear. Um, so I was doing some research and of <clears throat> I was looking at the top contemporary artists um, in the world ranked by various publications out there. I won't go through them all and some of them I've never even heard of. But on most of these, on almost all of these, Generally, you have in a top 30, top 50, top 100 list, one, maybe two photographers on that list. Typically, Cindy Sherman and maybe Man Ray on some of these. So photographers as contemporary artists are already, it, it seems, not um, um, the most popular people amongst people who put together lists of, of contemporary artists. So that's sort of fact number one. Fact number two is that the most expensive, this is according to Wikipedia, by the way, so maybe, you know, give me a break if it's not exactly right. But according to Wikipedia, the most expensive photograph ever sold was $12.5 million. Uh, it was Man Ray's Le uh, Violin de Ingres. Uh, for you native French speakers out there, please don't hold my oh, god awful French against me. Um, number two, was for $11 million. And then number three was $4 million. So just to give you an idea, that's all time. Just to give you an idea, the 100th most expensive painting ever sold. You know, number one is Salvador Mundi, you know, around 450 million. The 100th is $70 million. So the most expensive photograph ever sold would not even make I don't know, a top 1000 list of most expensive contemporary art pieces in history. So that's sort of fact number two. And, it, and in fact, if you add up all 30 of the most expensive photographs ever sold, it turns out that they would equal, roughly equal 
uh, a single painting that was sold in November. It was Cezanne's, um, uh, a Cezanne that sold in Paul Allen's auction. I'll spare you my uh, my attempt to speak French um, and tell you the name of it. But um, so photography generally does not sell well at, at auction or amongst the trad art community. Um, so that's sort of fact number two. Fact number three is, and I want to get into this with this panel here, but fact number three is that I believe part of the reason why this happens is that is the following. 80 to 90% of planet Earth, depending on the source you use, owns a smartphone. And I think what's happened, and I think what's happening, is that a lot of folks say, well, I could do that. You know, I have a camera on my phone and yeah, it won't look as good as, you know, a Priyanka, um, but I could get pretty close and I can get 80% of the way there. And, you know, I can, I can recreate that. And I hear that a lot, actually. Um, and the, the obvious response and the correct response is, well, no, you can't. But what I want to get into is why. And I want to talk to this panel and, and you know, maybe the place to start is, is, bless, is with you, Blessing. But why do you think, A, that the, the photography community has not emerged in the same way as the, you know, sort of painting, sculpture, even the digital art space uh, in Web3? And number two, what is the what is the response to well i can do that because i can do it on my my smartphone and maybe maybe the partial answer to that is talking a little bit about your process but i'll leave it up to the three of you to to address this so uh blessing if you wouldn't mind kicking us off i think uh, that would be great and drift and priyanka just please add in as you feel fit um <laughs> I think this is a conversation we like. I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, even in the NFT space. Um, I think a lot of people don't see photography as art because um, the even like when I speak to like my friend that is not even in the NFT space, like just having normal conversation, and people when you talk about your photography as art, they mostly just when the first thing that comes in mind when they think about art is um, you know taking your paint and painting your uh, on your canvas that's what they see as art and people rarely see photography as art but i feel like as you know as the how do i say this as we progress as people you know and you know the years is going and time is going like things are changing and um technology is making things much more easy in a way that we can tell our stories. We don't have to, it doesn't have to be through just one medium because, um, how do I say this, sorry. You know, art is seen in every form anyway. So art can be told, even in cooking there's art. I feel like there's art in everything we do, but for people to, I think it's more for people to see arts in photography because um, as an artist, for me, um, and also people need to understand that there are different forms of art. There's visual arts, there's storytelling, there's conceptual, there's events, there's wedding. There's so many um, um, types of photography. And when you come to visual arts, storytelling, and even just um, nature and all of those things, it takes time for a person to put together something to, to create work. So people just think, oh, I can just go out and you know, click my camera and it will give me what I want. But 
for me as a visual artist or as a storyteller, I plan most of my shoots. I, you know, I, I sometimes I write them down. I write my ideas down and then I build upon them. And in order for me to, to tell the story the way that I want to tell them, I, I have to think of the outfits to correspond with the story, the location, the props, everything has to match to tell that story. And sometimes this thing, it takes years, it takes days, it takes months to put together in order for me to tell my story because I want it to be told um, perfectly. But sometimes, I mean, it's not everything that's perfect, but like in order for you to tell your story, but for me, I, I put things in order. You know, even like for my shoot I'm planning currently, I'm, you know, having the outfits together, the, the right models that I want, that I feel like are going to tell the story that I want to tell properly, the models, the location. So I'm traveling all the way from where I am to another place just to tell this story. So I, I feel like if people start to see photography as art, not just you taking your phone or your camera to just click, maybe, um, it will be it will be seen in a different light. I don't know, but I don't know how long that's going to take because I've had arguments in the space where you know I've had like a fellow photographer see photographers just taking a picture, like you just going you just like going out to take a picture, and I and I think that's very wrong because even even if you've learned you know how to. To understanding light, um, understanding how you work or the kind of photography you, you want for yourself or the stories you want to tell for yourself. In as much as you've learned that, you understand your camera, you understand your light, you understand everything as a photographer. Um, well, like before you tell your story, you st there's still a pro behind that. And I think just as, you know, it takes a paint to, or a brush to a canvas, it's the same thing we take our cameras to the field when we're taking telling our stories because um before before you're painting on a canvas you you think of the story you have an idea you before you start painting and that's the same thing we do as photographers so i think if people can see photography more in the in the art form than just you know taking pictures and I think maybe you just start to change, but until then, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I made sense for you. No, that's a great response. Uh, uh, Priyanka or Jeremy, did you have a, a, something to add? Well, I would say that a big part of the problem that we see in the world is there's so much uh, there is so much exposure to photography, you know, and to where I do think that there's a desensitization to, to photography and to what goes into it because it is so digitally consumable. I think that we see, uh, you know, everywhere you go, you're seeing photos, whether it's in the background on your TV or as soon as you open up nearly anything on your phone and much like everything else in life, the process gets lost on the viewer to where the viewer can fall in love with the final product, but they don't have to appreciate the process to get that thing. And that's with most nearly any bit of art, but especially photography. And as far as changing it goes, I don't know if there's 
a right answer to that because as as cameras develop, as things change, it, it's it's going to become more and more that way. I feel to where people are like, I can do that because my iPhone can now take sharper images or you know what have you. But I think that like uh, Blessing was saying, if people were to see the process behind what it takes to just get one great image, that it would completely change their mind on the value of of photography, you know? I mean, I think, um, at least speaking to, to my own work, like it can, some of the images like foreshadowing, foreshadowing had been in my mind for three years before I finally, was able to create that image, you know, um, the Where My Vans Go collection took four years to put together hours of studying architecture and finding creative ways into spaces that otherwise would be impossible to get to, you know, taking uh, risk after risk after risk in multiple different ways, just to get one image, you know, and it's, uh yeah it, people people just don't see the process in that i think that i think that that leaves us as the artist kind of in a state where sometimes we have to bring the process to them which is but that doesn't you know not everyone can do that with their art too if you're a street photographer you can't walk around with uh another camera on a tripod filming you uh, while you wait three hours for someone to walk, you know, an intersection at the right time with the right weather that you chose to go out and, and just to get this one shot. It's hard to bring people to the process of photography sometimes. Um, and for me and my work, that's why I choose to wear my GoPro, take as much film, uh, like as much film on, on, on that and my phone and stuff and my camera as possible because I want to bring people closer to the experience. But if you're someone like Monaris or who's a street photographer or like some other photographers in the space or even like with what Blessing is doing, it's not as easy. You can't show people everything, you know? Um, whereas if you were to sit down and make a painting or something, you know, you can film the entire process or whatnot. It's not as simple with photography um but i do think that in time i i actually am optimistic that we will see not a lot but maybe a few photographers break this mold in the traditional art world where it will no longer be you know some of these older photos that have sold for so much i think we'll see new photographers do it too and i think they'll do it by um just setting the bar higher with what, with how well they can capture, you know, an image that nobody else can capture. And I think that um, that should be our focus as photographers in general is just like, whatever our genre is, we want to just make it to, you know, a point of near unbelievability at how good we've become, you know, or how much we've progressed. And you know, there's pressure in that, but I think that that pressure makes us better and you can't really put a price tag on it, but 
just the ambition to want to do it, to want to show the world excellence in that way, I think that it will manifest in price in the traditional art world eventually too. I, I do think that in time, we will see that happen. And that as time goes on, we'll see a few photographers cut through that mold who are just so excellent at what they do. The bulk majority won't, 99.9% won't, but that's also, you know, like nearly any other genre, you know? So I don't think it's impossible, but I do think that in order to do so, there's going to have to be a drawing the audience in and drawing the world into process and um, showing them why it's so valuable, which is something that sometimes like egotistically, we don't want to do. We want to put out an image and be like, respect my work just because it's, I think it's this good, you know, but sometimes people need, uh, they need to be brought to, you know, what made this image what it is. And so I do think that we can put in that extra work as photographers and I'm optimistic. I don't know if we're ever going to be appreciated the same way that other traditional art is, but I think the goal is, is just to make something so excellent that it defines all past barriers and boundaries. And at least I can't speak for others, but like, I am on the pursuit of that to where it's like, if I take an image, doesn't matter if it's one a year, you know, I want it to be on the level where it's like, that is top tier artistry in every single way, you know, from the timing to the conditions to everything it took to get that, like the work, the effort. Um, and I think we should be aiming to set the bar that high. And I think because of the overconsumption of photography, it's not only affected the consumer, but it's affected us as artists too, where we see so much of the art form that we're like, oh, this is good, or this is great, but it's like, is it exceptional, you know? And some artists and photographers, you see their work and you're like, that is exceptional. And sometimes as a photographer, it like takes one to know one, but generally anyone can see it to where it's like, they are, you know, they're taking their time with it. They're, you know, they're figuring out they're constantly at work, you know, bettering their craft. And I don't know, I think that we can't fall into the trap of like consuming so much that we, uh, we too think that there's barriers we can't break past. I, I think we can, and I think we will if we're determined to do so. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. Oh, uh, let me add a few things here. I mean, my, you know, I'll give you my view that no one asked for, but my view is that there's, a very interesting parallel between photography and Web3 here, which you touched on, which is proof of work. And I think it, the difference for me between photography and more, let's call it traditional art and digital, non-photography digital art, is that you have a better appreciation in traditional art and non-photography digital art for the work that went into it. I don't think you can fully appreciate it. I think there are some works that are just extraordinary and you're just never going to fully understand how much time and effort went into it but i do think that by and large with photography it is extraordinarily difficult for the collector to understand just how much blood sweat and tears went into it you know i mean i see you know ty lecky and kath smart at patagonia and sleeping in tents and you know there's videos of their tents blowing in the breeze and you know it's sub-zero temperatures and it's like well you know 
there's it was literally you know torture to go through and capture that perfect shot and i think drift what you're saying makes a lot of sense where there's a proof of work aspect of photography that needs to come out uh, and i see a lot more artists doing this where they're posting on twitter about their work and i've i've personally encouraged people to do more of that where you know it's 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 the art the art is the process and the and and the foot you know the final photo is the culmination of that process uh but the process itself is art as well which is 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 really something fun to read about and understand um priyanka i was wondering if you might just take a moment and talk briefly you know just expand on what drift said and maybe talk about kind of what your process is like and, and how much time and effort and pain or you know fun or whatever you want to say you know describe however we describe it goes into taking the shot that you feel is worthy of of minting sure yeah um so i want to go back a little bit to like for the, uh, when i realized for the first time because even i was sure. one of those people um who uh who thought that like i was only taking like pictures of like um good locations and that was it and i was editing them however i liked them and i i was uh subconsciously developing um a photography style but i never realized that until 2020 uh when uh, a couple of my photographs um were selected for a uh, for a print shop in stockholm and they asked me to write about the photos and i was um i was stuck like i had no idea what to do and I was talking to a friend to get some help and she told me that um Priyanka you were a really emotional person and I like she knows me in and out so she told me that um I know that you associate your uh memories of the places that you've been to or the songs you've listened to uh to the experiences you've had in that duration of your life so use that and see if you can find something um that you can write about when you took the pictures so i think that was like my first aha moment that okay these are not just pictures they're they're pictures of 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 a time when um this was what i was experiencing in my life or like it reminded me of someone who helped me get through things so um 2020 was the first time when i saw myself as not just a photographer but like an artist and like my photography not just like any other pictures but art um and even after 2020 it took me a long time so even as a photographer if i'm feeling that way it's it's obvious that like um the masses are also like a little bit uh um are also in that realm where they think that okay photography is not art or like um um and i remember like early in nfts when a lot of photographers joined in uh february 2021 a lot of us thought that we may not belong here because all we saw was digital art that was non photography like 2d and 3d and we were all trying to figure out like should we animate our photos and print them as nfts i'm totally guilty by the way like my genesis was like a very useful like foggy animation of my photo um but um we were all trying to figure that out because we felt uh as a group of photographers we felt like we didn't fit in um but then slowly like the uh, uh more photographers joined and we found that place uh in 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 the nft space um but um yeah i think um 
for a lot of uh, for a lot of us, uh, it's it's um, it's about like photography. For a lot of us, is like uh, at least for me, it's about like understanding the moment or and um, realizing like and like identifying the elements that make up that moment that you are trying to capture or remember forever. Um, and uh, for for me, my personal uh, personal um, sense of style was. Uh, I was mainly doing photography when I traveled uh, just to like calm myself down and like um, isolate myself from my surroundings. So I was constantly seeking um, calm in the chaos around me. That was that was something that I uh, realized a couple of years after I started traveling for photography. Um, so that's what I try to uh, also convey when I uh, when I um, like try to decide which pictures are like have like have left a lasting impact on me myself uh, and they're worthy to mint um uh, for example like my genesis uh, collection was uh, forgotten memories it was a tribute um, to a music producer called Avicii. um i started shooting uh, for that collection unintentionally i had no idea i was doing that but I started shooting in 2013 and up to 2018. So uh, the pictures in that collection are in uh, in a span of five years. But um, this music helped me a lot to get through like a lot of bad times in my life. So I wanted to share that experience of what I went through, through my photography and through the music that I associated with it. So I think, um, uh, um, these kind of experiences and uh, sharing them with the world is what makes um, what I shoot more unique than just like any other picture or a, like a uh, like anyone else would take pictures uh, of. Uh, I hope that makes sense. Um, I am really sorry, I forgot the other question. No, that's what I, I think I want to I, I want to actually expand on what you just said briefly, because I think what's interesting to me about photography is exactly what you just said, which is you wanted to take a moment or an emotion or a feeling and express it in a photograph. But the interesting thing to me is that is art. But had you picked up a paintbrush and done the exact same thing and been good at it, let's assume you're you know both an excellent photographer, which you are, and an excellent painter, the painting would have, on average, been a more valuable, collectible, desirable item to the collector community than the photograph. But but they're both art. Um, and it's just interesting to me to, to explore that as a collector because, you know, again, photography just does not seem to have made the exact, the same, gained the same amount of respect as someone who can pick up a paintbrush and do and express the exact same emotion and moment and, and and so forth. So I think that's a very interesting comment that you made about about photography. Let me let me see. I mean, I feel like we've done a good job of setting the base for photography as an art format. What I want to do now, if it's okay with you guys, is I want to tie it to Web three and bring it forward and and start thinking about photography as 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 a future as uh, the future of photography i should say what is it um what changed with nfts and web3 in your mind and i want to take the money 
out of this situation because you know we can go through bear markets we can go through bull markets we just went through a massive bull market and now a massive bear market and i know you know the photography community is happy because we are buying photographs and 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 nfts of but i think something more fundamental changed here rather than just a, a big fomo pump by a lot of people who were you know trying to you know trade for you know for photographs online and one of the things I think that changed is is provenance. I, I think that photography has suffers more than digital art potentially from this sort of right click and save mentality where you know a I could take that photograph and b you know the photography community has traditionally sold prints, um, which I as an aside I think is highly conducive to editions, which we'll get into. But you know the, the photography community has generally sold made money through selling of prints. And that's because they are easy to mass produce. You take a photograph and you can you know, mass produce these in a much easier way than you can a single oil painting, obviously. So I wanna get your views and I'm gonna throw this open to whoever wants to go first, but I'd like to get your views on, on what really fundamentally changed with NFTs, number one. And number two, how do you think NFTs will impact photography going forward because of that? So again, whoever wants to go first. Um, I'll take it. Um, so I think that, I do think that provenance is the biggest thing for uh, photographs in the Web3 space that has changed for us. Because it's one of those things where now, we do have a recorded record of this is my image and I can, I can put it out in a way where it can never really be, it can never truly be right click and stolen. You know, again, no one, I now have this on the blockchain thing. Hey, I created this, I made this and whether I sell it or not, doesn't really matter. Like I can put it out there in a format where everybody knows timestamp and everything. This is when I put this image out to the world. I think that that is um, a big part of uh, what has drawn photographers to Web3. I do think I do think part of it is also just a new um, a new I, I, I guess a new audience for photography as well, because I think when you're constantly uh, trying to sell photography to a certain audience or whatever, um, having an audience come around and say, maybe there is something more here, just the consideration alone for photographers is a big deal because um, we are normally used to having our work condensed down to like, well, anybody could take this or, you know, anyone with a camera can go and take this photo. And that is why I think just a fresh perspective uh, has caused there to be a second look at photography. Um, it's hard to say, this is actually a tough question now that I think about it and I'm talking about it. Um, but I'm I'm gonna sit on my thoughts for a few more minutes and see if I can't um, kind of 
kind of let this marinate a little bit more in my mind if any of the other two want to go. Yeah, fair enough. Um, a blessing or Priyanka, did you have uh, something to add? Yeah, I, I can add something. Um, the first question was, what do you think has changed um, through Web3 for photography? Was that the question? <laughs> yeah, that's the question. And then, and then the follow on, if you want to tackle it as well, is what do you think this implies for the future of photography? Oh, okay. Um, I think for photography, well, since NFT started, I mean, photography hasn't really gotten a lot of, like we've been saying here, a lot of um, audience um, in Web3, but as time has gone, I think um, last year, it really got seen in a way. And I think what has changed is just um, allowing us photographers, um, like the saying goes, like reap what we sow in the sense that um, we're, we're able to get what we're worth in terms of like being able to sell our work in prices that we see our work being worth it. I mean, before, Web3, we usually would just um, take pictures and then post them on social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, where, wherever you post your work. And, you know, the, the, high, the highest you would get is like maybe comments, which is really amazing. You know, people commenting on your work on how great your work is or DMing your work and people just saving your work. But I think with Web3, we're able to um, not just have our work in like in a, in a vault where you know, it is timestamped, like Drift said, you know, that this is our work and, you know, from yes to come, it's always going to be there. And we're able to um, sell our work in what we think is worth, you know, um, in the space. And I mean, the starving, the, the starving artist is still there, but <laughs> um, just being able to, <laughs> just being able to, you know, get something for yourself you know not just being the artist that just put your pictures on social media and probably like maybe sell i mean before now i usually would just sell prints and i'll make like 20 30 highest hundred dollars from my work but now like i'm able to see the worth of my work i know that i'm able like i can actually um not just get a career from here but build something for myself and even for my family through photography like it's changing my life it's giving me opportunities i'm now able to create work you know not feeling limited not being having money to to go to to where i want to go or buy the materials i may need for my work so with nft i'm able to you know help myself and also help my family in, in whatever way I, I i can um and also um yeah, it's just, I think it's just a, it's just been great. And for, for, for us photographers, you know, to, to just also um, have more audience from around the world, just see our work and connect with people. I've been able to connect with so many amazing people through this space as well, not just um, making money, but like, like when the money goes, we still have people we communicate with. We're able to even like, I think recently um, Sean, that I met in this space created like an amazing project um, with photographers where he was able to, you know, photograph um, photographers from around the world to create a work just, and he called this, um, I think, Closer Together, you know. So with stuff like that, we're able to just connect with people, 
make something for ourselves and yeah so as time goes i'm just hoping that you know we're seeing more and not just um like even like the underdogs in the space like the photographer because i feel like there's so many amazing photographers that ha they haven't yet been seen in the space so hopefully in time like we get more lights on photographers and people see that there's actually passion in this thing not just people going around and taking photographs but people are actually very passionate about their work like i live and breathe photography like i think about it all, all the time it's something i love <laughs> that even if the money is gone tomorrow because i started without making anything from photography that even if i don't make anything from it tomorrow i will still be creating works that tell the stories that i wanted that, that i want to be told you know over time so yeah i just hope in future like we you know we're seeing more and i'm speaking from for myself yeah and for people that i feel like are also in the place where I am, because um, a lot of us aren't really seen. So hopefully in time, like, you know, more photographers are seen, more photographers that are, how do you say this? Um, there's a word, <laughs> I forgot. Um, exposure. Yes, more exposures for photographers that are still, there's a, there's a, there's a word, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, just artists that are still new, but creating amazing works, they're seen you know, over time. So, yeah, I just hope for the best and hopefully maybe this year we'll see what happens in the space. But yeah, that's my take on it. That's great. Uh, Priyanka, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, yeah. Um, great point. So I don't like blessing and just, um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, how um, photography and NFTs and um, how that changed um, for a lot of yes, uh, emerging artists. Um, where um the like for a lot of photographers uh it was the first time uh that they were getting this validation that their art is worth everything that they go through to make it happen um and i think uh knowing that it 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 pushed uh, it helped them push boundaries and what they were able to create um and they started um um like finally like uh uh, doing more projects um, that allowed more creative freedom, um, which, like, without NFTs or without getting that support from selling their photos as NFTs uh, was otherwise not possible. Like, I know a lot of um, photographers um, from um, and mainly like emerging uh, emerging artists um, who enter the space uh, feeling like. They probably like may get lost, may get lost in like the in the in the noise, but then they finally found their stance and um, they found uh, they they finally believe that their art is um, worth it. I think that's like the key uh, point that I wanted to stress on. Um, for me personally, it was also about like pushing boundaries. Um, I mainly uh, shared my landscape and cityscape work when I started NFTs, but then um, I got a chance to collaborate with World of Women uh, to shoot portraits, and they were they were like styled portraits. It's something that I've wanted to do for a long, really long time, not just for World of Women precisely, but um, it's something that I've wanted to do when I was back home in India. Um, but I never really pushed myself to like go find a model and a stylist and 
makeup artist to put everything together and do it. But when I was asked by the team of World of Women to be a part of this amazing collection, um, it helped me push my boundaries and um, do these portrait shoots that, that I was potentially doing for the first time ever. So um, I think that is also key. Like um, a lot of, uh, I know I, I, I know a lot of photographers who started taking um, um, more trips from whatever they earned and started exploring more uh, just so they uh, just so they could like um, like finally go to the places that they've always wanted to go and uh, shoot or shoot the projects that they have always wanted to shoot they bring together a team and make it happen so I think um, creative freedom and pushing boundaries is like a huge thing that helps uh, photographers uh, when it comes to NFTs. Yeah, I think that it's a really interesting point. There's a what's called a flywheel effect, in, especially in the photography community now that I'm seeing where, you know, for example, Blessing is shooting photography on an iPhone. The more exposure, the more she's able to reach out to her fan base and, and sell photographs, uh, NFTs. The, she can make money to upgrade her camera. And, and that allows you, Priyanka, as you were saying, to push your artistic process and to uh, explore new mediums, which I think is one of the coolest things about Web3. It's empowering creators. And I can't think of fewer, better examples of that than in the photography community. So I'm really happy to hear you say that. Um, as a reminder, if you have a question in the audience, type it in the chat or put it as a hashtag NFT Q&A on Twitter and it'll get flagged. I have a, one question now from the audience I'd like to throw out to you guys and then I'd like to do something fun here um, to wrap up a bit of a lightning round. Um, the question I have from the audience, actually I have a couple questions, we'll do these. Um, how do you get your work known how do you get more exposure to the community what's what's your best way or favorite way to um to to get more known in the community and again this is open open forum anybody can jump in well i think there's a couple different ways but <clears throat> i mean if it's if it's just getting your work known in the community i i think community involvement's a big like the biggest thing. I mean, it seems kind of obvious, but it can't be understated that, you know, you have to like placement is a lot of things, you know, um, visibility in places where you want to be at is a big deal, you know? And so uh, just getting yourself entrenched in the community and then going out of your way to actually be vulnerable and share your work, connect with other people, is a big deal too but i think that my response to this is is not a very popular one but i think that for artists looking to quote unquote be better known or what have you that that the right answer is at least to me is always going to be just work on being excellent right and because if if you are excellent, if you are producing excellent work, by and large, when you 
step into the vulnerability of sharing that work with the world, you will naturally attract because you are rising above and because you are separating yourself to create a body of work that is one of a kind, right? And as artists, I feel like that's what we ought to be doing, you know? And in a day and an age where everybody is looking around at everybody else, like be that person that is just, you know, like kind of has the blinders on and is just there in your own zone creating the best thing you can possibly create. And when you create it, then you go back to the drawing board and you, you know, keep competing with yourself to get better and better and better because it's easy. And especially in the web three space, it's easy to just get stuck in an echo chamber of like, and like disguise it as like being visible or being supportive or artists supporting artists or whatever. But that's not what is going to separate you in the way of why you want the world to know you as an artist, whether you're in the Web3 space or not. Outright excellence is going to do that. Just like when we were talking about earlier with, you know, um, you know, what is going to separate you know, photographers, you know, to where in the traditional art world and whatnot. And I think the answer is always going to be just being the best at what you do. I don't think that I, I think if you build your base on, you know, I'm grinding online to try to get into a community, then you're grinding for acceptance. You're not attracting it. You're not attracting something. You're chasing something. And at all points in time, you want to be attracting because your work is that good. You know, and I'll be honest, like I, if I have a qualm with the Web3 space and with like artists in it, I think this is like my qualm to where it's like, I think that visibility is confused with productivity and as dangerous as artists, because you should be spending more time with your work and more time out there hunting, you know, and, and hunting for, you know, what hunting and being after the pursuit of your vision and you know, the pursuit of excellence than trying to gain acceptance or sales or whatever online, you know, and it's easy to get wrapped up into that because all of us want economic freedom. All of us want the money to go out and, you know, produce a larger vision like we were just talking about. And that's one of the best things in the Web3 space, right? But the foundation should be and should continue to be outright excellence, right? If you're just that good, you will never have to worry about those other things. It will just naturally come to you, right? I heard it said once, like, you never have to advertise a fire, right? And the reason they, they like and passion the fire is because, like, when passion and purpose has its work in you, you will just naturally get that good. You won't quit. You won't take the days off. Like, you'll just continue showing up for yourself and showing up for your purpose until people start realizing, like, hey, this person is really, really good. And I think that artists either fall into like a couple of different traps, either they never take the time or the dedication to get that good, or they start working on it and they quit before they ever like have that breakthrough point. And that's not saying like be antisocial and don't get involved, but it's saying like recognize what the priority is. You know, and the priority is I want to be the best artist I can possibly be and attract everything else, attract the collectors and attract 
the other artist supporting me in a track. And if it's not authentic, then why would you want it? If it was built on just visibility in the community and, and just trading likes and retweets and stuff like that, you don't even want that because it's inauthentic or you shouldn't want that because it's inauthentic, right? But if it's built off genuine love and connection over like, hey, I recognize and I respect the level of excellence you are putting out, the level of work, the level of time, the level of dedication, the level of sacrifice that you have put into being this good of an artist. I respect it, both from other artists and from collectors. That's what you want, right? And it's easy to get caught up because everybody sees dollar signs and everybody sees, you know, uh, you know, having like popularity in this niche micro section of the internet and stuff like that. But like, think bigger, think, think a lot bigger than that. Think about not, not just what you're doing in the space, but what you're doing in the world. And I think when it comes down to it, it's like, we are, or should be after the pursuit of excellence at all times, just letting love drive us to be that good. And we will see naturally as you come and you, then it's when you, you know, you have the balance to have your time online and put your work out and engage and do those types of things. Naturally, you will see the gravitational pull that your sacrifices have had and, and your work as it gets better, you'll see, okay, now I'm starting to get the support. Now I'm starting to get the collectors. It just takes time and it just takes effort. But if it's built on anything else, it's probably not worth having it built on because whatever you build the foundation on is whatever can crumble it at the end of the day too. You want it just built on outright respect, outright excellence, and just love. And I don't feel like that's preached enough in the Web3 space. I don't feel like it's preaching up to artists in general because everything we have is inside of our, everything we need is inside of ourselves and it's our jobs to go and dig it up and produce and bring forth a body of work to the world. And I think we should all be after that. So sorry for my mini rant, but that's what I think. No, that was an actually excellent response. I think that there's an aspect to Web3 where it's so new and the gains were so quick and the photography community has been, I don't want to say disrespected, but not quite at, at the same level as the traditional art community for so long that it's very, very difficult for photographers to enter this space and not see, oh my God, you know, dollar signs and drift. I think you summed it up extremely well that it's, it, it is hard to look to the long term, but it, it is by far the best indicator of future uh, success, I think. Um, and I think you, you said it better than I can even summarize it. So I'll, I'll leave it there. Priyanka and Blessing, I wanted to give you an opportunity to respond to this as well. Uh, if you had any thoughts and if you don't, that's fine too. But um, if you did, well, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, um, it's actually difficult to follow what Drift just said. Like it's perfect. Um, I was pretty much like a mic drop speech. <laughs> but um, uh, I would like to answer this from a point where um, it actually depends. Like, I, I'm not sure who the person is um, who asked this. Like, um, if they're only starting out with their photography or like with their art medium, and they just want to know how to 
um, like dive into the community because I have uh, talked to a lot of people who just joined and they were finding it difficult just to even like find a community and um, like just basic struggle of like finding people to interact with and like where do they start. So um, apart from like all the creative um, stuff on like uh, whatever Drift said, uh, I would just like to add like um, one key thing uh, for Web3 especially, um, and it's because um, it was in our hands to um, decide uh, how we want our community to be like outside of Web2. Um, um, it's always been like uh, community is, um, it is like key to how you uh, how your experience will be like in this space like um focus on like finding your people like it was really um had i entered nfts without knowing a few photographers from twitter already it would have been very difficult for me as an introverted person to even go and dm someone and just say hi even and like meet new people um so like I think the key thing is like finding your people and people that um, uh, share uh, share the same values as you do, and um, uh, like that's like the first step. Like, of course, you you show up every day, you share your art, you try to improve on your uh, art every every chance you get. All of these things they're there, but like from from the community perspective, um, it's this little. Uh, things that you do and and like always do it uh, like I don't know how to say this but um, you do things for the community without expe expecting anything in the in return like nothing at all you just do it because you want to and you show up because you want to not because you have to um, and as and when you're like improving on your craft and you keep sharing and people will notice you there's no way that um, excellent art will get go unnoticed. Um, even with emerging artists, it's just a matter of time. Um, I know everyone hates, like even I did, but uh, everyone hates being told to have patience. But it truly, truly takes a lot of patience to get there. If very few people, like a very small percentage of people, will find um, that fame where they go popular, like just right away. Um, and it's okay to not be on that same path as that person. Um, you just have to be uh, okay with how your journey in art um, goes like. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Great answer. Thank you, Priyanka. Blessing, did you have anything you wanted to add? Um, yeah. Um, so I would like to take a small um, route to this question in the sense of where I'm from and all of this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, great, great. I don't, well, putting yourself out there is one thing and, you know, being accepted is another thing. And um, I don't want this thing to be like a sad thing, but it's just like from my own perspective as someone from this continent, um, it's been really, um, I think it's, it's kind of difficult um, coming from this other side, side of the world in this space because um, to an extent, um, it's really hard for us to get seen 
even regardless of how much we put ourselves out there, you know, ourselves and our work out there, um, it's pretty difficult. I, I, I think even to the point where, I think yesterday, you know, there was an issue with somebody um, trying to sell their work and being told, you know, because of where you're from, you're not meant to sell your work for this particular amount, which is disheartening to hear because, I mean, like we're, we're, we're talking about like, it takes a lot for you to create a piece and to, to value your work in the way you feel like your work should be valued. So like Priyanka said, it's finding your people in the space and just, you know, finding people that accept you, which takes time because again, from where I'm from, it takes time for people to even accept you or accept the work that you do because to an extent, they, they don't see you in, how do I say this? <laughs> I'm not trying to be sad. They don't, they don't see you in the sense that you can create amazing work because you're from a certain part of the world. So you really have to over push yourself, overwork yourself to be seen. And even on that level, you're still not taken seriously because of where you're from. So a lot of us are in the space um, not just me. I mean, I, I think people from other parts of the world really find it difficult, you know, being seen or being heard in the space because of where they're from. I think that plays a big impact in people's work in Web3. So I don't know if that's ever going to change, but I'm hoping that, you know, as the time go, because like, the, like they keep saying, like, you know, we're still very early in Web3. Web3 is still... We're still very early. So hopefully as time goes, you know, we are, you know, being appreciated for what we create and not where we're from to determine like the kind of art we create. So yeah, I think that's my own input. But yeah, just what? fine. Sorry. <laughs> to go. No, I was just, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to ask you a follow-up to that and then I want to jump to a, a, a different topic. But just very quickly, Blessing, I mean, I yeah. can't imagine trying to overcome some of the barriers of Web3 being from Nigeria as an up-and-coming and outstanding photographer. What what has been your most successful strategy for tackling that, that exposure barrier? Um, so I'm not really good with, like, business part of photography because I'm just like I just love to create so I think also web3 has you know we just being into web3 has made me um maybe understanding it to be more like putting myself out there I'm sharing my work more than I used to because I'm very shy and you know so I've been able to put myself out there more um I don't think I have a particular strategy other than just um, sharing my work and hoping that you know whoever who whoever sees the work and appreciates the work for, for what it is you know buys the work but like yeah I don't think I have any like strategy or doing anything different I just um, put my work out there share my stories I used to go into like shilling space I don't think they do that anymore but I used to go into shilling spaces before and just you know share my story share my work but it wasn't really doing a lot because again, like I said, I feel like when I mean there are so many success stories from people from from people in Africa here or in Nigeria that's made does made sales have done incredible for themselves, but it's still very difficult for a lot of us from this side of the world because I don't know, there's just this um 
stereotype when it comes to people from this part of the world. And I'm just hoping that changes. But I don't really think I have like a particular strategy when I I just share my work and, and hope that you know yeah. whatever happens happens. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of along the lines of what Drift was saying, where it's just yeah. persistent excellence in your work. Um, Priyanka, I know you wanted to add something. Yeah, um, I actually, uh, so Wesson, um, I love that you um, uh, brought that up. Um, I think I was too nervous and I completely blanked. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to talk about uh, this a little bit more because um, um, being a South Asian photographer, um, um, a lot of my friends who are from India and other parts of South Asia, um, last December, no, sorry, not last December, December 2021, we all of us felt like we were just like um, speaking into the void and it was going nowhere. Um, so like we all just like collectively decided that, okay, we need to do something to fix this and like to spotlight, like give every artist that, like we knew it was just a Twitter group chat that we were talking uh, about our personal experiences about the space and everything. So um, I just came up with the idea that, okay, let's do one thing. Let's pick an artist today and we will share his or her work and um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And there were 34 of us who did this for almost two months. We did it every other day and we did end up getting a few sales for a uh, for uh, for a bunch of us, which was amazing to see. So I think um, just finding uh, creative ways to help um, um, get the art seen um, is key. Like um, this is why we uh, formed the Baro NFT as well. Like we wanted to help emerging artists, uh, underrepresented artists, uh, to get seen, um, and. It all started with me just asking on Twitter, like um, this was back in July, 2021, when I felt like I was like really like alone and there were not many uh, South Asian photographers in the space. I just tweeted saying that, okay, I'm just waiting for someone to um, like uh, finally like bring some spotlight onto um, the South Asian photographers in the space because I felt really alone. Um, and then I had this um, friend, um, Sanjay. Um, he's a he's a Korean American artist. He just uh, replied to my tweet saying that, "Hey, okay, let's uh, let me host a space to spotlight uh, photographers from India, and we can do it in on cyber." He had a he had a gallery, um, and then I started looking for other Indian photographers in the space and and. We had this group of like 25 people that, that I could put together and we did a spotlight space for each one of us. And I think that was the first time, um, I think uh, 6529 was also had a very new account on Twitter. And that was the first time I think um, uh, he came across uh, this space that we were hosting. And I still remember all of us do that he just commented nice. And we didn't realize back then, like we were like, okay. <laughs> but um, and then it went from that one Twitter space where uh, all of us talked about our work that was being exhibited in an on cyber gallery to us spotlighting each other a couple of months later because we uh, we felt like we found our people in 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 that tiny group of the uh, in that small group on on our Twitter chat 
um, to them forming the borough and dropping our first um, uh, collection of curated art, um, which sold out on the day of the drop, which was nothing that we ever expected. Like the bear market had just hit us and we had no idea if we were uh, going to sell out even uh, like, we thought it would take like a week, a week or two weeks or a month even to sell out because all of us were emerging artists except for a couple of them that had, uh, they, that were already on Super Air or they were uh, well known. So we, we, we didn't really know what the outcome of the job was going to be like, but it's, um, um, uh, I feel like incredibly blessed that we sold out the, like in less than 40 minutes, which was pretty amazing. And um, that started like a whole new um, journey um, for the borough and South Asian artists um, in the space. And it's been incredible so far. That's great. That's a great tip. And, and also congratulations. I, I would just add something real quick. And then I want to move on to the lightning round because we're running out of time, unfortunately. But um, real quick, I would just add that, you know, there's a lot of people on Twitter who post GM in the morning. Good morning. 6529 posted every single morning. Uh, Barat, who's on our team, posted every single morning. Um, when you reply GM, if you're an artist and you reply GM, my suggestion is reply GM and post a, uh, one of your pieces of work. It's not shilling. It's kind of like a signature. So, you know, GM, sincerely, bat soup, yum. Um, and that I've actually found quite a bit of work as a collector, just scrolling through Twitter feeds and seeing in a non-intrusive, non-shilling type of environment, just, oh, wow, this is a really nice piece. And then you click on the profile and you click on their link tree or what have you. Um, and I, that's a suggestion I have just it, when you respond to a GM thread or a thread that is not really that topic specific, just, you know, when you respond to it, also post a, a, one of your pieces. And I think that's been a good way to get exposure. Um, I would like to move on to the lightning round, but blessing, I think you wanted to add something real quick. Um, yeah. So just, I just wanted to add to, um, just having visibility in the space. Um, so I just wanted to highlight, um, so one of the things that was able to bring some of us to like the limelight at the time was when I think Misan took upon himself to like have this initiative where uh, it was through Tezos where he was able to just highlight like incredible artists in the space, um, just buying their works and proving that, you know, incredible works can come from people around the world, not just like a particular place. So. I just wish like, you know, more people can just take upon themselves to like highlight highlight other artists in the space and also like, um, you know, find, <laughs> take the time to like look for artists, not just the ones that they know, but like just go and actually look for artists because we're here and, you know, hopefully everything changed. So that's what I wanted to add, thank you. <laughs> Great, thank you for following our blessing. Okay, we're gonna do something fun here real quick and, and there's a couple more questions that need to be answered and I'm gonna answer, have you guys answer them in, in a lightning round format. And what I mean by that is I'm going to throw out a topic and then um, anybody can go, it's an open forum, but I would like you to limit your response to no more than 60 seconds, okay? So let's see, and then we will wrap up. So I'll do like three or four of these uh, topics. Let's start with additions. Um, Drift, I know you've done an edition uh, very successfully in the past. 
There are additions. It seems like every time I open my Twitter feed, there's an addition. They are very, very popular right now. And I personally believe a fantastic way for an artist to connect with their community. I'm curious your thoughts on them. Okay, my thoughts are uh, artists focus on your one-on-one -on -one work first um, because your one-on-one -on -one work is going to A, start build out, building out your collector base, gives you a, uh, an idea of letting the market decide some of the value for your work. You start to get feedback on, you know, how good is my work? You know, what's it being valued at and whatnot? And then focus on um, just connecting with different people and, and getting your work out there and focus on your additions after you've focused on your one of ones. Um, it's not popular, but I think that it's a very good model if using your additions as a way to target people of different that have different budgets to spend, um, I think is the best way to do it. And you do that by kind of, to me, by kind of starting with the one of ones and working your way down to different levels of additions, different addition counts, et cetera. So that's what I would say. And I think that they're a wonderful way to connect with people of, uh, that have certain amounts of money to spend, make your work accessible to a lot of different people and broaden your collector base. Priyanka. Oh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree. Like, um, it's an amazing way to um, uh, involve the community around you and like uh, make it uh, make your art accessible to them. It doesn't matter like um, what the amount is. It, it's mainly about um, uh, making your art accessible for people who've always wanted to support you, but they couldn't um, um, uh, buy a one of one of ones. Um, so I think, uh, and even for me personally, I realized that back in like August, 2021, when I released my first edition, it was an edition of 10 uh, um, and a decently priced edition. So, um, and I, I had no idea if it was, I was gonna sell like only a couple or anything. Um, but like, what did I know? Like I had friends who had been meaning to collect my work, but couldn't So, And it sold out in a day. So I was like, that was the first like my aha moment like okay wait um i do have people who want to support me but not necessarily get my one-on-ones so um i think that was the first time um editions really like um entered my um like my um like my NFT ecosystem i guess great blessing did you have anything that you wanted to add um. I'm still finding my way with addition, but I think it's like everyone has said, I think it's a great way to also like maybe friends um, and people that that can't afford your one-on-ones to get in and maybe um, support your, your work in, in that way. So it doesn't have to be all the time, uh, but like every now and then you can have something where people can just support. Um, yeah, but I think I'm more of a one-on-one -on -one artist. But I, that's fine. Yeah. So, so I don't really have an answer to this. I'm no sorry. problem. No problem. <laughs> okay, so the next topic is going to be a tough one. Um, and again, limit your responses to sixty seconds. But this was a question for the audience, and I'm, we could spend an entire session on this. But I'm going to 
uh, throw it out there uh, with, for a quick response. AI, AI and its impact on particularly photography. Um, okay, that's a really, really tough one. Um, I think um, I think it's gonna help, like for uh, for photographers who want to do, um, you know, like explore and travel, but they cannot. Like I know a lot of people who who want to do travel, but they just cannot because of their circumstances. It definitely gives them this whole other medium to create work that they would have had they been able to travel. So I think it's it's great that AI is giving them that. I know uh, composite photography or like making collages are also one of those, but like creating what you see in your in your mind and and using AI to build that as a an add-on to your photograph, it's it's an amazing thing that we have here. So um, I think it's a great thing. I would agree with Priyanka. I I see AI is not necessarily a replacer of photography, but as an addition maybe to, you know, take a photograph and then use AI to reimagine it into something greater or bigger. I think that there could be a lot of interest there. Some people would argue that it takes away from the photograph. Uh, I would argue that it could be possible to make an even greater piece of art uh then with the assistance of ai i don't know if i would necessarily you couldn't contribute at all to photography at that point but you could still uh contribute it to be a, an artistic creation so i think that there could be some really cool worlds unlocked there great blessing did you have anything you wanted to add um yeah i i yeah like everyone has said i think ai is, is pretty interesting um like Drift has said, I think, I mean, everything in life has its advantage and disadvantage. So it's it's mm -hmm. how we use, it's how we use them and how we go about them. So I, I, I think with AI, for photographers, you know, if you have like, 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 a, like for me now, a visual artist, or I have a story I want to tell, but like, I can't, you know, picture it or imagine it. So I can go to AI and, you know, just type in what I'm thinking before I'm able to like maybe construct my work and go out in the field to create a story. So I think it has the advantage and probably the disadvantage. I really don't know. But so far, I don't think it is going to like take over photography or anything in that sense because, um, yeah, at the end of the day, um, there's this thing that the original will always be the original. So yeah, I don't think it's changing anything. Maybe adding to it, but I don't think it's really changing anything. I find it fascinating that the three of you have such a positive stance on AI. I think um, I think a lot of folks are afraid of it and, and a lot of artists are keeping a very open mind about it. So that I, I, that was a really interesting response. But let's do two more. Um, platform. Yeah, go ahead, Blessing. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, before photography, you know, we used to, um, it was, there was a, it was painting, you know, with your paintbrush and, and then photography came, you know, people were scared, like, oh, will photography take over, you know, arts itself, like painting, and then digital arts came. So, I mean, I don't see anything like really, really changing. So, 
I don't think there's anything to be scared of if you know what you're doing. I don't think you should be scared when you know what you're doing. I don't, so yeah, <laughs> that's what I wanted to add. Yeah, yeah, agree. Great response. Great response. Um, okay, two more and then we'll wrap up. Um, platform. I know a lot of folks are using, artists are using their own contract now. Um, and I'm curious if you have had an experience, you know, using the different platforms, you know, for an up and coming artist, for, you know, advice to collectors or what have you. How do you feel about the various platforms that are out there and selling through them? Um, uh, so I think uh, with Mindful making it like very accessible for like a lot of artists to um, make sure that they have their own smart contracts. Uh, it's been a game changer since like last December. And um, um, I think no matter what platform you decide or you choose to list it on, um, as long as um, even if you're a new artist, just like ask around and like, um, like they've made it really easy for anyone uh, to figure out how to deploy the contracts and mint uh, and everything. So um, just irrespective of what platform you decide to sell on, um, having your own smart contract is going to be very, very important, like two, five, 10 years down the line. Um, um, that's one thing that you, uh, like any artist even joining the space now um, need to remember. I know OpenSea used to be like the first point of entry for anyone joining, um, but that's changed since uh, Manifold came, um, Manifold became available to uh, everyone to use. Um, yeah. Um, can I add to? Yes, please. Um, so I, I, for me, I think um, just having different platforms is great and also with Manifold like you having your own contracts for your work is amazing because um, you know um, your success story may come from from anywhere it can be on foundation I've seen people that you know have works on this platform and you know they didn't make any sale or nothing like that happened but like you know they tried this platform and you're doing so well on there so I think it helps with like you just trying out new things because this is a space to, you know, meet people and also just try to put yourself out there because if if your audience isn't here, your audience will definitely be somewhere else. So not limiting yourself to just one place and thinking this is where your success story or your or your success may come from. So I mean, even to the point as as down to like Solana and Tezos, you know, so and it also helps you like minting so people that can afford to mint on ethereum you know they mint on tezos or solana which you know i don't think is a lot of money you spend on like the other platform so i think just having different platforms and people just being able to try different things to see where and where it works for them is is great so yeah that's my on <laughs> great great drift did you want to add anything yeah, I would say when you're first starting out, um, I think that it is important to keep an open mind to different platforms because each platform can provide different things. You know, when I first came into the space, you know, I was on Foundation, I was on Super Air, I have a, you know, a collection and an addition on OpenSea, you know, but I think that 
the whole, you know, one of the ethos of Web3, or one of the things we should be working towards is, you know, liberation of the artist and artists being more autonomous, right? And so we need to take that thinking into the platforms that we use too. And this is something I wish I would have looked at and paid attention to sooner in 2021 and, you know, early 2022 when, you know, we were still in this outrageous bull market, you know, but I think that, um, I think every artist's goal should be to be completely autonomous at the end of the day to where we are building on our own smart contracts, releasing on building and releasing on our, um, you know, own sites and stuff like that. And that's why I think Manifold is one of the best things to have happen to the space because it is truly there to give our, it, 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 it reinforces the ethos that we talk about in in this space and it gives artists the tools to be completely self-sufficient so should they choose to be, right? And I think that's very important. I think at first, when you're first getting into things, there's pluses and minuses to being on OpenSea or a super rare or whatever, you know, be it curation or, you know, wanting to put different bodies of works, at, you know, in different places. But I think the long-term goal should be complete autonomy over our work, how we sell it, royalties, everything along those lines, right? And so um, that's just my thought on that. Yeah. 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 Great responses, you guys. I really appreciate that. Well, th this is a nice segue into my final question and the final topic we'll cover before we close. <clears throat> If we were sitting here last year, I think one of the responses to this question would be what you just said, Drift. And the question is as follows. If you could change one, if you could, if there's one thing in Web3 that you are most looking forward to, to either advance your work or advance the photography space, what do you think that should be? So, for example, Drift, you talked about, you know, minting on your own or, you know, minting on your own contract which was a big step forward for artists in the space. Is there something else like that, that, that is looming out there that you're really excited about or you think should happen or you're really looking forward to that would really, again, help your work or advance photography even further? What else can be built? What else can be done? Well, I definitely am looking forward to, you know, more artists, uh, you know, getting on Manifold and, and taking taking their ownership over their work that they not only deserve, um, but, you know, should desire as well. But I think my answer might be a little bit different than what people would expect. But one of the things I'm looking forward to the most is just the space is so new and so fast-paced and so... Um, and was like so volcanic when, you know, in 2021, early 2022, um, and there was a lot of money made and there was a lot of just, uh, there was a lot of just chaos if we're being honest, right? And now, you know, the bear market gives people time for the dust to settle, you know, the tides kind of coming in, you know, and I think, one of the things it does is just curb unrealistic expectations. And I think that that is something that 
I am looking forward to seeing change for artists, right? Like you have artists coming to Web3 and they find success, but with that success comes a huge amount of expectations for um, from people who maybe are not traditional art collectors or um, have like made a good amount of money off this artist or whatever. And so then there's an expectation of visibility. There's an expectation of you know, providing different things. There's an expectation of, uh, you know, the, wanting the artist to be a certain way at any given point of time. And I think that as time goes on, it's going to show that like, A, like great art takes time. It takes not just time to make, but it takes intention so that the artist can't always be everything that the space places expectations on them to be and i think that that has been hard and like talking to other artists and like other artists that have found like a significant level of success like they've felt very similarly and so and it's hard to create art from that type of standpoint and so i i think just time is what i'm looking forward to and seeing how that changes our expectation of what we should expect from artists I think it's amazing that artists are being equipped in these in new ways and like having resources in new ways. But what's the point if they don't have the time to take those resources and like put them into like a multi-year plan, you know? And then it's like, if if the artist is doing that, will you afford them time to execute that vision? Will you afford them time to, you know, create what they're creating? Some people will, you know? But because of this space and how fast it's moved and the money that's been created and the FOMO and the chaos, a lot of times I don't feel like that's always been there. And just speaking from personal experience, it's like if I even just had to break down what the last two years have been like, you know, even outside of like, you know, like I really felt like, okay, I came to a point where like there's something wrong when like not just going through the past two years and everything I've had to deal with, but then also like dealing with the loss of like a sibling that I cared for and stuff like that. And I'm still getting like demands on like an open edition I did where I promised nothing, right? That's like, to me, it's like, okay, there's a problem there. There's like an illness there to where it's like, what's the separation? And, and I get that there's always gonna be some people like that, right? And I get as an artist, it's something that it's like a burden you have to carry at times. But I'm just looking forward to when there's more years underneath our belt as a space to where we can see like, okay, this is what an artist has done over the course of not just one or two years, but three, five, 10, you know? And we start to see like, okay, the long-term vision, because I know for us, we're thinking in terms of years, decades, lifetimes, you know? And I feel like because of how fast things have turned and burned in the space, that's lost sometimes. And to try to go and explain that is exhausting. And to try to like get people to see it through your eyes as an artist is exhausting. And so a lot of times you just stick to no explanation at all. Like I just have to go and, and do it and accept that people will understand it later. So I think for me, um, that's the biggest thing I'm looking forward to seeing change is just time and what time will do to people's perception of artists in the space and especially photographers. What you see a photographer doing now might not be what you see them doing in 
five to 10 years, but are you trusting that they are out there working every single day? They're out there trying to be better. I think we should be, you know, any of the artists that we're investing in, we're investing in, in them and who they are and their character and, and our love for not only their work, but, but them and, and where we see them going and the, the character they've displayed to create this work, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Yeah, the bear market and maybe perhaps getting to normalize markets will allow everyone, I think, to take a deep breath and really focus on what matters and what's important in this space. I think that's a great response. Thank you for it. Um, and Blessing and Priyanka, I want to clarify something here as well. If, if there's not a whole lot that you're thinking, you know, hey, I'm really looking forward to this, um, any closing comments as well are certainly welcome. So, you know, please feel free to uh, you know, avoid not necessarily answer the question directly and, and, you know, just comment on, 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 you know, life in general in the future, and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to add one quick thing. Uh, the good thing of like, uh, one thing that I'm looking forward to the most, um, not the most, but like looking forward to is having more, um, traditional collectors being onboarded in the next couple of years. Um, oh, I think yeah. it's, an, yeah. it's, a, it's an incredibly difficult task, but it's something we need for the space to thrive and grow bigger. Um, so that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to thank uh, everyone for being here and joining the, um, joining the talk. Um, and Blessing and Jeff, thank you for sharing all your views about and your artistic journey and that's me thank you so much for hosting us um it was it's been great thank you blessing if you had a closing comments as well we'd love to hear them um thank you so much um i think also for me what i'd like to see um as time goes um just hopefully um um, imagine artists just get more visibility in the space and just like Priyanka said um, having more traditional um, collectors or people that should I say value the arts a bit more in the space so that um, yeah so, so that we'll have <laughs> I don't know what to say so that, yeah so that we can just have like a different spectrum in the space of you know the collectors we have now and just having more people come and hopefully get, get more opportunities from the space um, opportunities that come from the NFT space and just hoping in, in future like a more from this space um yeah and just want to say thank you so much to everyone who came to listen to us thank you to priyanka thank you to drift and really thank you to you Bat, and um, valentino for putting this together it's been an amazing space just listen to everyone um talk about photography and you know the passion for arts it's just been incredible. sorry about so that can you hear thank me thank you so much for yeah, yeah. Can you... Do you guys hear me? Oh my God. Right. Do you guys hear me? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, we can. Hello. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, yeah. we can. Okay. Great. Um, yeah. 
I, I apologize. I had a technical difficulty there. Okay, wonderful. Well, I, we are certainly out of time. We've gone a couple hours here. I apologize to the audience. We weren't able to get to all of your questions, but I, I do hope that this session was um, productive, educational, and fun for you all. It was an honor to be here, and it was particularly an honor to be here with these three just fantastic artists. I'm very humbled to uh, have been able to participate in this, and I just want to say thank you to the three of you, and thank you to Unic uh, for hosting and and hosting all of these like it's just extraordinarily educational sessions. So, thank you all. Thank you for letting me be a part, us being a part.